Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Claudia Hamilton Davison, who is actually one of the mentors for the Start Your Private Practice system. Now, Claudia has been in the field of speech pathology for a long time and worked in virtually every setting except private practice. She is here to remind everyone that you are not too old and it's not too late to start your private practice. Here's Claudia. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. All right, before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice. Sure. Uh, Jenna, my name is Claudia Davison. I am in Berrien County, Michigan. For anybody who's wondering, that's in the southwest corner of Michigan. And my practice is called All Things Speech Therapy. I am so excited to have Claudia on for a number of reasons, but one of them is because Claudia is one of the mentors for the Start Your Private Practice system. So Claudia and I have gotten to know each other very well over the past like year and a half or so-ish, because she started actually as a student in the program and then rose up in the ranks and is now one of our mentors. But before we talk about how that whole thing happened, tell us about your career as a speech pathologist, Claudia. Okay, so... I've been doing the whole speech thing for quite a while. I graduated from The Ohio State University in 1989. So I've been at it for a while. And what's kind of interesting is that in my undergrad years, I started out as med tech. And I happened to observe, I don't even know why, I I observed a therapy session of an aphasic person. And all of a sudden, my light bulb went off. I'm like, I love that. <laughs> I've got to do that. And from there on in, I was all in for speech. And lo and behold, in speech, you can do a thousand things, which is exactly kind of what I've done in my years in practice. Uh, my first job was in a rehab system, and I worked with the most severely head injured patients. And it was such a great job because I learned so much. 
And from there, I was able to work with folks with post-concussive syndrome. And you know, my, my supervisors just gave me such great training and supervision and guidance. And then from there, we moved and I worked for our community hospital uh, system. So I got the opportunity to work in acute care, home care, outpatient. And I guess what I found out is that no matter what the setting was, it's like, oh, I guess I like that too. Hmm. I didn't think I was going to like it, but I guess that was a job that I got at that time. And I loved every single population that I worked with, which I guess goes to the fact that in speech pathology, you know, I think we are blessed by our profession because we can work with so many different populations. And if you happen not to like one, you can choose another one. But I was blessed in that every single place where I worked, I absolutely loved it. From there, I about 16 years ago, I, I went to work for our county service agency, which I, I don't know, every, every state probably calls it something different, but that's where we service our most involved students. So it's, it's kind of like the school system, but I worked for all the classrooms with the most severely autistic impaired students from preschool age to age 26. So I was there for about 10 years. And then after a little bit of time, I transitioned to the birth to three program. So again, it's kind of that whole thing. I've worked with so many different populations and settings. And every time I really like this because of all my, all the experiences I gained. You've worked in basically every setting. Is there an SLP setting that you haven't worked in? I feel like there isn't one. I briefly taught at the college undergraduate level as well, which is kind of another setting. So I haven't told you absolutely everything, but I think I've done everything because, you know, you can PRN for a little bit at a sniff. I can't think of one where I haven't done it. And, and when I was, you know, filling out those ASHA things that you fill out every year, I think, well, I think I've done all this, but private practice, I know I'll never do that was what I had said to myself many, many years ago. That's one thing I know I'll never do. (laughs) Never say never, Claudia. (laughs) Never say never. (laughs) So you're going along, right? You've had this wonderful career as an SLP. You've worked in all of these different settings. And at some point, you started to think about private practice. After you had decided that you were not thinking about that, right? So what made you make the switch toward entertaining the idea of starting a private practice? I think a couple of things. Somehow you kind of entered my social media. And so I started listening to your podcasts. So that's one thing. And I thought, oh, well, look at these people who are doing this. Because in my mind, and I know you've talked about this, there's not one way of doing private practice. In my mind, I had always envisioned a private practice as someone who had a brick and mortar and then they had the receptionist that answered the phone and all that to me adds up as an expense yikes and then the highlights magazines and then the you know the the toy with the the beads that go in the maze and all the other things in the waiting room anyway that's what I envisioned as a private practice but as I listened to all the people in your podcast there were so many different types of people who were making it a success. And I thought, that is impressive. That's amazing. And it just kind of, it was, I listened to it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was just something that was in the back of my head. Bear in mind, at this point, I am doing birth to three. I love it. I'm going into people's homes and, you know, having a blast with those little kids. Love it. 
as time went on a little bit, one of the frustrations is some of the bureaucracy that kind of gets in the way in working with with the families in the birth to three. I love coaching families and some families are very coachable and some families need something a little bit different. I like having the opportunity to do what's best for each family based on their individual needs. And our system does not always permit that. Another thing that I felt like I currently still feel that way because I'm still in that job, (laughs) but we have a lot of our paperwork. I think we spend more time getting through paperwork requirements versus what are we doing for the family? And that to me, I feel like I'm not allowed to give my best to the family. And so that was kind of a tug of war or a push pull that I had a feeling that, man, I wish I could do something that really met the family's needs. So as I was feeling that more and more, and I kept on listening to your podcast, I thought to myself, I don't know, could I do that? Maybe I, maybe I could. As I saw that other people were doing it, maybe that was just the message I needed to hear at that time to make me take a little leap. Well, and that's the whole point of this podcast, right? So listeners, you're hearing that Claudia started off just as you, a listener to this show and thinking like, oh, here's so-and-so who's like a year into it or someone else who is many years into it and has this, you know, big like empire of a private practice. And then every single other person, you know, in between, right? But every single one of the people who has ever been on my show started off as a quote unquote regular SLP in, you know, a regular job at a hospital or skilled nursing facility, EI, whatever. But at some point people started to think, I wonder if this is something that I could do. And then people have to start going from, I wonder to let me start to lay the groundwork to actually make it happen. So how did you transition from, I'm listening to all these people on the podcast. It's possible for them. I'm wondering if it's possible for me. And what did you do next? Well, I bought your course. (laughs) I I just took a leap. I bought it. It was February of 2019. And I kind of sat on it for a while just because of the busyness and whatnot. But I actively started going through the modules in April. It was my spring break. And I started banging those suckers out and getting through each one. Module two is the one that teaches all the things that you got to get done, the very specific things that help you to protect yourself. And once I got those things done from that time to getting my first client, it was about six weeks and there was no turning back at that point. I mean, I was, I was moving and it was so exciting to get that first client. And then the rest just kept on coming, which was just to me a thrill for a couple of reasons. I was actually doing this for myself. I was doing this because I was going to grow something, but also because in my community, there's nobody else at this, there, at this time, at this time uh, last year, there was nobody else. We would always get messages of people, you know, parents saying they want therapy. They, they didn't qualify in a school, but my child still needs this. or Parents wanted more, and the local hospital system always had a very lengthy wait list. And or if their insurance didn't cover it, the private pay prices for the hospital was exorbitant, and it really was out of reach for absolutely everybody. So 
there really were no options. And I became an option. And being that option to serve people in my county, I think to me was just a thrill. Well, I, I sometimes use the analogy of a bridge, right? Yeah. So on one side of the bridge are the clients, the, the patients, the families, the spouses, like who need care, right? The ones that need help. And then on the other side are the clinicians, the SLPs, OTs, PTs, you know, whoever who, you know, have the skill, have the knowledge, the expertise, and perhaps the time and the willingness to serve those patients. And then the bridge between the two is the private practice, right? Right. right. And so it sounds like everything you had been doing, like in your career had maybe kind of prepared you in some way for this moment, right? You had been in every other setting and you had, had liked it and you had all of this experience. And then you decided to take this leap of faith on yourself and, and on me too, mm-hmm. and go through, get your ducks in a row, get started with those first client who became, you know, the next client, the next client. And then all of a sudden you were taking back that control, right? You had mentioned some of the bureaucracy that you weren't happy with and the the clients and the families who really needed more Mm -hmm. than you were able to give. And so what did that transition kind of look like for me at the time? I think you were still doing like birth to three, Mm -hmm. right? And you're still in your, tell us about that part. Yeah. Well, so I'm still doing that. I work in a full year program. So it's a school program, but we work year round. Our summertime is a little bit shorter, but I'm still full time and I am busy. I am busy like crazy because I have a lot of private patients. And at this point, I've made the request to decrease my days. And I've made that request to my boss, my boss's boss, and one level up. They all know I want to decrease my days and I'm hopeful that by January, they'll be able to accommodate me. And that's what I suggest that most people do, right? Is you have a regular job and you start with your private clients on the side of that. This is the a way listeners to minimize risk, right? Because a lot of SLPs say, well, I'd like to start a private practice, but I, I can't just quit my job. I can't just say no to benefits. I need benefits. And I tell people, I'm not telling you to do anything risky and, you know, lose your income, lose your benefits or whatever, but know that you can do this on the side. And then when you're able to cut down to part-time and, and possibly had, we're still in, in coronavirus right now, maybe had coronavirus not happened, you probably would have been able to do this sooner if that's what you wanted to do. But no matter what, you've been able to have the option to build your own practice on the side of this job. And you've grown it to a point where now you really are thinking about how can I reduce the hours at the regular job, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting is that that time of coronavirus, when it hit, we didn't know what was going to happen. I had never in my wildest dreams thought that teletherapy would be an option. But again, never say never. <laughs> I want to encourage the listeners to, to really realize that. Never say never. Having teletherapy as an option has allowed me to now take on more patients than I was doing previously. I'm, I'm currently still full-time, but I have so many patients that I'm able to take on and maintain because I'm not traveling from home to home on a daily basis. I occasionally still do in-home visits with the proper PPE periodically, but I would say 90% of my private patients are teletherapy, which allows for an increased level of efficiency. I think I will always continue this at some point, at some level. Well, and that, again, that's the beauty of this whole thing is that you get to be in control also of the kind of therapy you deliver 
And then, you know, and any choices about that, right? There's some people who've decided, you know, depending on what community people live in and what the rules are in your state or local area, going back to in-person services, other people are doing only telehealth for the time being or whatever, but no matter what you have options and you have flexibility, what are some of the other reasons why you were drawn to starting your own private practice? Okay. So when I first started, this was really my, my plan originally was, well, I'm just going to do this because I want to supplement my retirement. As you know, I'm not really at the end of my career because I got plenty of years in me, but (laughs) plenty of more years, but uh, I did want to supplement our retirement. And so I just figured I would keep on working and whatever income I made extra would just all be for retirement. Check. That's them. But the fact that I'm able to make as much as I can make makes me want to say, all right, let me readjust this and grow my practice even more because of the possibilities, because of my community needs and I can work less and make more. And so those are the things that I'm considering and I envision I'll be able to accomplish. Again, with the group's guidance, I mean, with your support, I did not realize that this would have been an option for me. It was not on my horizon a year and a half ago, but it is now. And I'm hoping that within the next year or two, that will be where I am. I don't know. Well, and I think, again, you're keeping your options open, right? But no matter what, when you have something that is yours, you can create your own destiny with it, right? Like you you get to make those choices. I know that we tend to think of our, our field as having a lot of job stability and everything else. But I think that COVID showed us that that's not the case, right? Or that wasn't the case. And even if people were able to keep their jobs, I think that the way that they have had to adjust to practicing to some people, like they've made it work, but other people are, are really not happy with, with how things are going. So there's been a quite an increased interest in private practice since Corona started. And, you know, I think we're really seeing that in the, the growth of, of our group for the Start Your Private Practice students, which obviously I mentioned earlier, but Claudia is a wonderful mentor for, and I think that she brings that like longevity in the field and also that freshness and excitement of like, Hey guys, like if I can do this, you can do this too. Let's figure it out together. And I think that, you know, among the mentors, we all have our different personalities, but you really are a wonderful cheerleader for people. And I think that your main strength or one of them anyway, is really helping people who feel stuck, get unstuck and moving forward. So what are some of the things that you have noticed students in our program feeling stuck about and Mm -hmm. what kind of suggestions or how have you helped help get a couple of them anyway, unstuck? I think a lot of the times, and you know, I, I was guilty of this as well. When I look back and think back as to when I was starting, we think I've got to get these 10 things done. These 10 things are so hard. Oh, I'll never get them done. And (laughs) therefore I stay stuck because I can't do any of them because there's 10 hard things ahead of me. And one of the things that I really always want to encourage everybody in the group is, okay, let's look at that list. What's the one thing? If you just have forward motion, small baby steps, get you moving. And I know that I learned that when I did one thing, that moved me to the next thing successfully. And having that success builds that momentum. So I love helping 
helping our students, helping your students that I like to, <laughs> to hug and support to say, let's build momentum because when you have a little bit of success, the next step is going to be that much more exciting because you've accomplished it. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's where, that's one of the beauties of, of the program is not only do you get access to the information, right? I think, I think that's a given. There's lots of ways to get information, but to have things that are really not only the information, but in, in order, in the order that you need, need to do them, which SLPs love that, right? SLPs love a checklist. Check it out. <laughs> They love putting the ducks in a row and everything. Yeah. But the, the part that they think that people don't always realize that they need is that level of encouragement. And that's one of the things that you bring because staying stuck actually is very costly, right? It's costly, like in terms of just not having that forward motion that Claudia talked about. It's also costly, like actually in terms of money, right? Like if you, if you are stuck in not starting to work with those first private clients, because you can't think of like the perfect name for your practice, you're actually stuck and you're losing out on income that you could be, could be getting. And then all the frustration and and everything else. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Claudia is like, you know, staying stuck, like, isn't good and just, you know, focus on, okay, what's the next step and just keep, keep moving forward is really, really important. Yeah. That delay does delay potential finances and that financial reward. But in the meantime, it takes up emotional stress. It takes up emotional and mental fatigue. It can fatigue you to have and carry all that. And you can let that go by just taking steps. And so anyway, I love being there to support and and sort of push people along to say, you know what, you can do it, do this one thing, and then we'll get to the next step. And man, do I love seeing those reports. I saw my first client because once they get that first client, the next one is just around the corner. That's right. Just like it happened for you, right? It's like getting your first one is kind of a big deal. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah. I mean, continually, yeah, you get new ones and they are there because they are there because of their need. They need us. So friends, your patients are out there. They need you. Yeah, they do. And kind of in that same vein, where do you get most of your new client referrals from? Maybe in the beginning or or whatever, but where now are most of your new clients coming from? So vast majority of my current ones come from word of mouth and Google my business. They find me on, on the Google. <laughs> so those are the two places and it just continues to grow. Now it's exciting because I have, I'm developing a, a physician relationship. I'm setting up a, a lunch and learn and that is exciting, potentially scary, but I'm going to push myself to take that next step because that could create an avalanche of new patients that I'll have to find a place to go. But this physician was so warm and responding saying, I want to develop a relationship because I want to know who I'm referring to. And anyway, there are so many possible referral sources for us and we just have to keep getting out there and fostering them. Yeah. And it's important to have multiple sources, right? So Claudia mentioned Google, right? Google is great for people who are actively searching mm-hmm. for like to hire a therapist, right? They know that maybe there's something that they're a little worried about with their, their child, or they've been, you know, maybe the pediatrician said that you need a speech therapist or whatever. And so they, they go to Google and they find somebody. And if you are not there, they'll find someone else, right? So having that presence on Google is really important 
for the people who are actively searching. But secondly, just like Claudia said, having relationships with people who can refer clients to you and who want to have a vested interest and get to get to know you, right? We never, how bad would you feel if you referred somebody to somebody and like they had a bad experience? That'd be the worst. That'd be the worst, right? And I, I've done that every now and then. I've told somebody about a great restaurant. Oh, it was such a good restaurant. We had this great meal. And then you you ask, oh, hey, did you like it? And they're like, eh. you feel a little bit bad about it, right? Shoot, I'm sorry. And then you want to like jump over and say, how about this? Try this. Totally. And then you want to hear. But when it comes to relationships with, with people who can refer clients to you, it's like they they also don't want to make that mistake, right? They want to make sure that they're referring their clients who they are their their patients who they are very protective of and everything else to someone who's going to do a really good job. And so, yes, meeting with the doctor for the first time or doing a lunch and learn, those are scary, right? It's a little intimidating, right? But the first time you do anything is a little bit scary. And then you do it again and again. And then all of a sudden you can do it without, without being as scared anyway. And then in the meantime, you get all these new clients coming your way and then your business is, is building and booming. And how cool is that? It's very exciting to think about. <laughs> it's really the next step. And I'm just so excited about that because I see new horizons, new, new options for me. And that is the purpose, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, right? Is to have options, right? Private practice is not certainly not the only option, right? It's a good option for lots of people, right? It's not right for everybody, but everyone can do it if this is something that they want to do. And having access to people like Claudia who can help support you is also, I think, really, really important. And it's something that people sometimes, I think, underestimate, right? People, they they know that they want the checklist and they know that they want to watch videos or whatever to learn the stuff. But to have people who will help get you unstuck and cheer you along is also really, really important. Before we wrap up, do you have any other pieces of advice that you would have for people who are listening to this podcast, just like you were mm-hmm. you know, about a year and a half ago and thinking, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know if this is right for me. What would you tell a listener who was in that situation? Okay. Two things. You're never too old. Definitely not. Because I think sometimes as you get older, you think, okay, I've done all these things. I have had lots and lots of clinical experiences but I don't know business, which I didn't know. But I was just so amazed at the guidance that you were able to give me in your course. And I was able to learn it. It was not as intimidating as I thought it was going to be. And here I am, I'm doing it. So like I've said to you before, this old dog learned some new tricks. So that's one of the things that I want to say. It does, it, you're never too old to do something like this. Now, the flip side of this is that, yes, I had a lot of years of experience. Yep. I had lots of clinical experiences and all pretty much with all populations. But I guess I would say, I wish I had done this 15 years ago, 20 years ago, because I didn't think that this was an option. I did not know that this was an option. And I'm kind of jealous of all the young speech paths out there who now have access to your course and are able to say, hey, I can do this for myself because they can. They don't need all my years of clinical experience to actually go in their community and serve as a private practitioner if that's what they want to do. So you can do it. <laughs> that, I guess that's what I want to say. Yeah, you can do it now right? 
no matter if you're later in your career or earlier in your career, mm-hmm. the best time to start is today. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think also it's, it's important, Claudia, that you said, I wish I had done this, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And yes, who knows, you know, this trust the timing of your life, right? Here's, yep. here's where we, where we ended up, you know, and we ended up together and being a part of each other's lives, which is wonderful. The best. I right? love it. <laughs> but like there weren't a lot of resources back then, right? So even if you had wanted to start your practice 20 years ago, you could have done it. There's plenty of people who did it, right? But there's plenty more who wish they had and are now toward the end of their career and thinking like, you know what? It's not too late for me. I can still do this. Yeah, it's, it's right. It's not too late. You can do it right now and love it. (laughs) I love it. Now, where can people connect with you? Tell people where to find you on, on the internet or on social media or wherever else. Okay. So on Facebook and on Instagram, all things speech therapy. But I'm going to add one more thing. I have uh, something that is going to be starting launching relatively soon. And if you go to the website, you might see the website there. And Instagram is kind of empty, but it's a mentoring mommy. The website is mentoringmommy.com, Instagram and Facebook also, mentoring mommy. And let me just tell you a little bit about this because you know you've heard a little bit, <laughs> Jenna. As a product of working with my birth to three team my occupational therapist, my physical therapist, my special ed teacher. We are in families' homes and we work with so many parents. And one of the things that we realized is that parents often don't even realize what typical development in a toddler is supposed to look like in all domains, not just communication, but you know, gross motor, fine motor, social, emotional cognitive. And by not understanding what typical development is supposed to look like, it's hard for them to realize, okay, what can I do then to help my toddler get on track? And so we are in the process of developing an online course for moms. And this is very exciting, but we're in the process of developing this course to help moms know what they can do to take everyday moments, everyday simple moments and and take those so that their child can learn and meet their milestones through play activities. So that will be our course. We're hoping to launch in the new year, but in the meantime, providing moms with lots and lots of good developmental activities and information. I love it. So mentoringmommy.com. Correct. Perfect. So this is one of the other things that is really cool about Claudia is not only has she started her private practice, you know, seeing her own clients, but she's now working with a team of of other colleagues, professionals that she works with. And now they're going to start creating an online course for people. So that's another way that she will be able to increase her impact, right? Help more people. And also because they're going to be, you know, selling access to this course as they should, they will also be able to increase their income. So when it comes to thinking about all of the different ways that you can help people, right? Because SLPs, we are helping people, people by nature, right? But one of the ways we can help people is through private practice and also through giving access, more access to what we know, right? So that we can help more people. So congratulations to you, Claudia, also for not only doing, you know, like one pretty amazing thing, but you now have like a second pretty amazing thing that you're going to be able to serve even more people in the new year. 
Thank you. Thank you very much for your encouragement on that and for being willing to guide us, guide me through some of these waters that we've been navigating. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show, Claudia, and sharing your story. And listeners, if you have, you know, just tell tell Claudia, reach out at All Things Speech Therapy or at Mentoring Mommy on Instagram. Tell her that you listened to the episode and what your biggest takeaway was. And again, thank you, Claudia, for being on the show. And also thank you for being such a wonderful and important part of the Start Your Private Practice system and being a mentor for our students. Thank you, Janet. It has been an absolute honor. Just an honor for me to work with you and work with your team. It's been honestly just a joy in my life. Well, thank Thank you. you. Okay. Don't you love Claudia? Can you see now why I hired her to become one of the mentors for Start Your Private Practice? I love her energy. I love the twists and turns in her career that led her to private practice. She is one of the most wonderful cheerleaders for our students. She answers questions daily in the Facebook group, and she's really there to help people get unstuck. If you have been thinking about starting your private practice and you know that you need help to do it and you don't want to do it alone, consider joining the Start Your Private Practice system. The best way to do that is to get on the wait list. So head over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash wait list so that as soon as we reopen the doors again, you will be at the front of the line and we'll be able to join myself and my team of mentors, including Claudia, to get that extra help that you need on top of the course which already has the comprehensive videos and worksheets and checklists and all that kind of other good stuff. But you also get access to my team of mentors who are established private practitioners who are helping our students every single day inside of the private Facebook group. Again, to get on the waitlist, just head over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist, and we will let you know as soon as the doors reopen. Till then. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned and I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms in your own time, and yes, make more money. I want to invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track, because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I want to teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part? These trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com. Click Start or Grow and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independentclinician. 
And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.